Hello everyone, another episode of Developer Advocate Stories. And uh, with me, not as usual during the COVID-19, <laughs> Amit, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, good to see you. <laughs> you too, you too, my friend. And with us, a very special guest, Oleg. How are you, Oleg? Hi, I'm pretty good. Uh, happy to be here and share some, some insight in my story. Great, great. <laughs> so uh, as you said, uh, maybe we'll get started a little bit with your story. Also, uh, tell us a little bit about your company, about yourself. All right. So my name is Alex Shalaev and I, I live in Estonia, which is a small country in Eastern Europe. Uh, and I work for uh, the GraalVM team at Oracle Labs at Oracle, which is a very special project. And I'm, uh, well, it's, it's a big chunk of my job, but I'm also very passionate about it uh, just in my free time as well. All right. So uh, Oracle is, of course, like the, the uh, big software company, but Oracle Labs is a research and development department within Oracle. So what they do, they, they, they actual people do academic research quite a bit in, in it, publish uh, scientific papers, and in general, figure out new ways and better ways to, to like solve some problems in computer science. Mm -hmm. right, so somewhere uh, 19 years ago, uh, the, the Gravian project has started with an idea and a question. Can we use a high level language like Java to write a, a JIT compiler, like a, a very essential piece of the virtual machine runtime uh, that usually would be written using native languages. Right? So Java is a high level language, it's nice to use, there is plenty of tooling, there are plenty of developers. It would be very nice if we could develop even lower level tooling uh, such as virtual machines with, with using Java. Right? And from there, the Gradient project has started and I joined the team uh, now three years ago already actually. Uh, at that point of time, the team wanted to take those, they take that knowledge about uh, the compilers, the virtual machines, how to build runtimes, how to make them fast, safe, efficient, all that polyglot. Uh, so, and, and start converting that to a project that people would be able to use in the ecosystem and in the larger, like in the industry. And that brings us to, to now where where GraalVM is an excellent choice of a runtime for your Java applications. And uh, it supports a broad range of languages such as JavaScript and Python and Ruby and R for various <laughs> levels of support and maturity and compatibility. Uh, but that is quite an impressive list of languages. And, and uh, th there is a small DevRel team and we are trying very hard to uh, educate people about GraalVM and make sure that they, it's, it's a, Gravium, it's a very versatile project, right? There are like, there are different ways how people and teams can benefit from using it. So one of the large part of our job, I think, is to educate people how to actually get the benefits where they, they need them, right? It, it, like, you don't need to embrace the whole polyglot VM if you just need to, to run your Java applications faster, for example. So yeah, I, uh, this is what I do now. And yeah, uh, to, just to plug, gralvium.org, uh, check it out if you haven't heard of it. Yeah, so I, Java was the, was the first language that I learned. Uh, it was before, I don't know, 20 plus years. So I believe that a lot of things changed <laughs> since then. And, and, and Oleg, you know, 
this is your first role as a developer advocate. How it's happened uh, that you became uh, a DevRel? No, this is actually not the first. Before joining Oracle, I was working at uh, Zero Turnaround, which is a company in Estonia, and they were producing uh, tooling for Java developers. Mm-hmm. So, and at that time, when I joined Zero Turnaround, I was a developer. I was a Java developer. I had a few years of experience uh, behind my back. Uh, I was young. I was energetic. <laughs> now I'm an old man, <laughs> oh, skeptical and sad. But then I was uh, relentless, curious, and 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 no, I was a I was a developer, right? Um, and I had some experience in 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 doing like the normal web applications in Java and then uh, some like low level applications like before that uh, in Java. But then the tooling was this area which was completely new to me. So the zero to round tooling approach was based on the Java agents, which is sort of like a like a plugin for the JVM, which can tweak the behavior of certain things. And it's a very powerful tool. So you can you can you can create very sophisticated Java agents uh, to add functionality to to your Java process, right? To your Java deployment. So we use that for developer tooling, and it it was really really interesting. And to be successful at developing those, you had to learn quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then to successfully communicate the need for that and how it works to get this trust, right? Because it's a low level tool that also is very powerful. So to make people use those tools we needed some trust from developers that we know what we're doing, right? And we had, we had to explain also how that technology works. So even not in the full detail, right? But at some level, people needed to, like it, it, it worked very seamlessly, right? The user experience was absolutely great, but uh, you, you, like it, when something feels like too much magic, you like, it, sometimes you don't trust it enough, specifically as a developer, because you know that if something goes wrong and you don't understand what's happening, then it will be on your plate to figure it out. And that would be like very challenging. So yeah. we started a, a blog where we were publishing articles about both our technology and like adjacent technologies in the Java ecosystem. Uh, and somehow, somehow I got, got like became friends with our marketing team. Uh, which was also very small. It was like when I joined, it was kind of a startup, 20 people. So so I got friends with them and they often came to me to uh, for the answers to some technical questions because the marketing for the technical company needs to be technical as well, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes uh, being a marketing specialist, you lack a certain uh, technical insight and, and, and like the gut feeling how things work, right? And I, I was... Like I was honored and, and I, I like explaining things. Like you can see, I like to talk, right? So, so I liked explaining things. And so it happened that I was contributing to that company blog quite a little bit. And then my contribution were, I got good feedback. Uh, we had people who would fix my language. And so the, the content that we produced, I liked that a lot. So when, when the company grew to the point where we decided that we need like somebody, somebody on a more permanent role to take care of the uh, content production and the conferences and the speaking engagement. It, then we looked around and people offered me that maybe to join the marketing team for this. 
And initially it wasn't even called the developer advocacy. Uh, I was just kind of sort of a developer doing this, uh, kind of fulfilling this marketing role. But then, then time went by and then the developer relations kind of grew as, a, as an industry more. Or I became more aware that it's actually not just me doing this kind of job. Uh, and, and yeah, then we grew the developer relations team and I learned from, from the best. Uh, and I, I'm totally, I'm actually very happy that I had that experience. Uh, and after that, joining Oracle, uh, literally I was, I wasn't looking exactly, but when I got, we got into talks about this potential to join the GroundVM team, uh, I was super excited. Like that's just, that's the, like, I think the most hyped project and most known project in the last couple of years, right? If you're a Java developer, uh, you most probably have heard of that. And uh, so, yeah, and then it all kind of fell into places and I joined the team and that was excellent. So that was my my road to the to being a developer advocate. Yeah. Great, great, great story. I think that the, 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 the issue of sharing knowledge, be part, be, be vocal, uh, talk, write, and uh, be connected to people, this is really uh, one of the key uh, of being a, a great developer advocate. And maybe, Oleg, uh, if you can share a, a, a nice story, cool story, I don't know, something that happened during your uh, job, it can be great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 there are like many, I, I travel to conferences, like, like uh, quite a bit of developer advocacy conference circle here that, um, but uh, now obviously not doing that for quite a bit. So uh, the whole focus migrated to the uh, uh, producing written content and everything. So I cannot remember actually nice stories very from very recently, right? So instead maybe I could, share like a like a, a piece of advice and opinion maybe right which is i f i feel that it's it's a little bit wholesome so maybe it will stand up in, instead of the story right so as a developer advocate i very often see people saying that i'm uh neither like <laughs> that this is sort of a useless or like kind of uh unnecessary job that i'm neither a developer uh, and I'm not like a fully marketing person or, or like, what is this? I'm, am I like just evangelizing or like, how can I teach if I don't actually develop things and what can, what can they add to the, the story and communication between developers, which can be disheartening. And, uh, if you are just starting on this developer advocacy path, right. And, and people kind of. Uh, especially if you don't have an extensive technical background that like if you often, and often we, everyone suffers from the imposter syndrome and, and especially being, you have to be visible in, so like you have to put yourself out there. So very often you kind of, you feel, you feel this pressure, right? So you, developer relations in general as a field is not, is not something that's very easily quantifiable. Right. So you can work with the product people or you can work with the de developer team or you can work with the sales team or you can work with the marketing team. And all those different combinations would have a little bit different focus on what you do. Right. And you will always 
find people who think that as a developer relations person, you need to do things differently and they will try to teach you, right? And, and, and they would try to kind of negate your experience and, and kind of uh, say mean things to you, especially if you go on the, like get on a bad day of those, right? So always remember the thing. And I learned this from uh, uh, an excellent person, an excellent developer, and I hope a friend of mine, uh, Lucas Eder, the, the founder and the main contributor behind the Juke, uh, this, the Java database access uh, library and the product. And he shared this picture on Twitter once. There was the, the, a guy, a guy is coming to the monk uh, somewhere on the, on the mountain and is asking like, oh, what's, what's the key to happiness? Uh, and the monk being very wise says, do not argue with fools. And, and the guy is like, oh, I don't think this is true. And the monk says, yes, I agree. Like doing what he praises, right? So this, this is the, the picture that I often kind of, it comes to my mental image and I remember that vividly. Uh, and I thank Lucas for introducing me to that. So remember that you are valuable and your work is valuable. And it is very often, it's not seen from the outside and even from the inside of the team. Uh, if you work with different components, say if you, if, you, uh, if you work closely with marketing and sales, very often it's not seen to developers, right? So they, what we don't understand, we tend to kind of explain uh, or hand wave away, right? So it, your work might not be seen to certain people, but it's still valuable and uh, there are other people doing the same kind of work. So this is a growing field and I hope, I hope it will be better and better and more people will realize that developer relations is sort of an essential channel to communicate between people within the project, outside the project and the stakeholders around the project. Uh, so yeah, not, not exactly a story, but uh, a little piece of advice. Yeah, I, I can say that, Amit, uh, if you can agree with me, that was one of the best uh, closure that we have uh, on our show, right? Totally, yeah. Really great advice, I would say. And touching a point which uh, nobody's talking about and was great uh, talking about that. Great. So, Oleg, thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you, uh, sharing your story and your insights that uh, were great. Uh, hopefully, we will try to move things uh, for the community, uh, also of the developer advocates, but, but not only, also for developers in general. So we will uh, contact you offline and try to do things together. Absolutely. I'd be happy to collaborate. Thank you very much for inviting me. Great. So thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>